I'm here so I won't get fined. You think you know sports? Well, you don't know. Well, you don't know Jack. The You Don't Know Jack show starts now. Welcome to the You Don't Know Jack Show. Yeah, you're so kind. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And today on the show, it is episode number 25. Thank you again. Thank you, thank you. Episode number 25 of the You Don't Know Jack Show since we started back in August of last year, and we've been doing shows about once a week, and it's interesting as I hear shows that have have a daily podcast or whatever, and they're over a hundred shows, and they started after we are, and it's like, oh, we could be at that point if we did daily shows, but we don't have time for that. Uh, we could maybe eventually get into that, uh, my new show, The Shuby Show, uh, will more than likely be two days a week. So I guess we're getting on the right track, at least for that part of it. So anyways, uh, today on the show, Isaac Shade, like a lampshade, he told me today. Uh, he will be joining the show here in just a little bit at around, well, I'm recording this at 11 o'clock. He'll join the show at 11.30. So uh, there will be some time in between uh, me talking and uh, him getting on the show. But uh, anyways, uh, good to have him on today when he gets here. You can follow him on Twitter at Isaac Shade, and it's Isaac. Um, It's not with two S's. I always used to spell Isaac with two S's. Um, I-S-A-A-C-S-H-A-D-E on Twitter. And uh, Tar Heels uh, Hoops blog. He's a Tar Heels writer for Armchair All Americans. And you can follow his um, Tar Heels Hoops blog at Tar Heel Hoop blog on Twitter. And uh, you can also follow his uh, kind of a, just kind of his quotes and things that he does on, on Twitter as well at Shady Sports or Shady Sports at Sports Musings. Um, so you can follow. All those, all three of his accounts. You can also follow my show, my new show on Twitter, at the Shuby Show. You can like us on Facebook, the Shuby Show, and you can follow us on Instagram at the Shuby Show. And of course, don't forget to follow uh, all you don't know Jack Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com forward slash you don't know Jack Show and Twitter.com forward slash don't know Jack Show and Instagram.com forward slash you don't know jack show you can also find my latest article Uh, i broke down the defensive line needs or um or uh, possibilities for the vikings and free agency in the draft you can find that at armchairallamericans.com and you can search vikings under nfl teams or you can search my or search for me and then find my articles there as well and uh, later sometime today, I will be posting that article on uh, our website, the You Don't Know Jack Show, 
um, or youdon'tknowjackshow.com. Um, and you can also find on our website, youdon'tknowjackshow.com, uh, all of our shows, articles, pictures, sponsors, and more. So uh, please go to our website, and uh, you can help us by shopping on Amazon with our links on our website um, uh, at youdon'tknowjackshow.com. Click on any of the Amazon links, and we get something back in return from whatever you buy once you click that link. You don't have to pay anything extra. We just get a little bit of slice of the pie, uh, so to speak, from Amazon. So uh, please do that. Also, if you want to get 5% off your first car rental, go to carrental8.com through our website, uh, you don't know, jackshow.com, and go to our sponsors page, and then click the link and enter promo code jackshow5 on carrental8.com. You'll get 5%. We get something in return as well. You can also help the show uh, by sending a check by going to our Love Us Help Us page at you don't know jackshow.com and fill in a contact form, and we will tell you how you can send us a check. We don't keep the address on the website for privacy reasons, of course, but uh, if you want to uh, send us a check, we can surely tell you how to do that. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. So, basically a uh, review from everything I just said. Go to the website, you don't know jackshow.com, search everything, interact with the site, do it all, and you'll be good. So, got to, as I introduced our uh, latest uh, sound drop um, when Matthew Martinez and Daniel Nero were there, but apparently they can't hear it. So I'm going to just play it again right here. Uh, of course, the uh, video that's gone viral of the 13-year-old girl on Dr. Phil. Catch me outside, how about that? Catch me outside, how about that? And uh, that is sweep. That has been sweeping the nation, <laughs> unfortunately. That, that uh, All the different memes that have gone out and just everything. It, and uh, she's getting endorsement deals. How sad is that? And here I am on the You Don't Know Jack show, not making anything. So go and help the show by, hey, if you want to give us an endorsement, we'll gladly take it. Uh, but, yeah, we are taking... Um, our show, and we are moving to the U, uh, to the Armchair All Americans. Uh, so you'll be able to get all of our shows on there. Uh, we will no longer be on um, on our own. I want to make sure. I will uh, make sure we have all the details for you guys. Uh, but I'm pretty sure you won't be able to get. Um, the You Don't Know Jack show on uh, iTunes, you'll have to go to Armchair All-Americans, search for them, and then you'll find our podcast. Maybe you can find it on, on, on your own yet. I don't know. I have been so confused throughout this whole thing. I've learned a lot about podcasting over the last six months, but there are still so many things I have no idea what I'm doing. So please bear with me when I'm trying to explain these things. <laughs> um, so that is basically it uh for for this uh for me talking i guess um as i said just go to the website you don't know jackshow.com uh isaac and i will be talking about uh is college basketball the largest growing college sport in america and maybe is it one of the largest uh growing sports in all of america um 
I'll ask him what his favorite things about college basketball are, uh, what is his connection to the University of North Carolina, and uh, we'll talk about March Madness and Lonzo Ball. So please stay tuned. We'll have all that and more coming up on the You Don't Know Jack Show right after this commercial. You betcha. We'll be right back with Isaac Shade of the Armchair All-Americans. Heading to Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Baltimore, New York, London, or anywhere in the world and need a rent-a-car? Well, check out CarRental8.com, where you'll find the same car for less money. CarRental8.com sells all the brands like Dollar, Thrifty, Budget, Avis, Hertz, Alamo, Europe Car, and so much more at affordable rates. We'll beat any price by a minimum of 30%. So check us out online at CarRental8.com or call us at one 813 343-8138. That's 1-813-343-8138. Use the promo Jack Show 5 that's J-A-C-S-H-O-W-5, to get 5% off your next car rental. Use all capital letters when you type in the promo code. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the You Don't Know Jack Show. I am joined by Mr. Lampshade, Isaac Shade, as he uh, told me earlier today as I was trying to figure out how to pronounce uh, your last name, Isaac. Um, You can follow Isaac on Twitter at Isaac Shade, S-C-H-A-D-E. And uh, you got a couple other Twitter accounts too, Isaac. You got uh, Tar Heel Hoops Blog, um, at Tar Heel Hoops Blog, Hoop Blog. And uh, your shady sports, your uh, at sports musings account. So you got all kinds of accounts to just yeah. kind of go along with all your uh, all your sports stuff that you got going on. Yeah. So yeah, I figured you know people get tired of seeing all my sports stuff because that would be all I would tweet about all day. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody just knows once they follow me, it's going to be all sports. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> so just almost always sports. I am so done with tweeting about politics. I oh my gosh, between Facebook and Twitter and everything, it's just like get off the politics already and. I, I I use kind of sports as an escape from politics. It seems like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely been a fatiguing couple months, and, mm. and sports have been a nice escape from the drudgery of that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sure. So, um, Isaac, uh, you are a uh, now uh, just became uh, a writer not too long ago here for the Armchair All Americans, and uh, you've been have you been writing for the Tar Heels for longer than that? Um, yeah, my actually my Twitter that you mentioned, my Tar Heel Hoops blog, I started that uh, actually just about this time last year. Um, okay. I've been a Tar Heels fan for a long time and just wanted to explore um, writing a little more. It's always something I've wanted to get into. Um, and so I thought, well, I'll explore that by writing about something I love. So I started this um, Tar Heels Hoops blog and uh, um, just started writing and doing some quick hitters after every game, just some quick snippets um, as takeaways and, and then other um, articles about what the Tar Heels have going on. So, yeah. All right, cool. 
Yeah, so um, as I uh, as we were talking about uh, before the before we were while we were setting all this stuff up, uh, I am uh, of all the sports we do on the You Don't Know Jack show, uh, college basketball is probably my <laughs> least uh, educational of all of the most I the least I know about uh, the NFL and and uh, NBA are probably the most, and then college football, and then. Yeah, then it's college hoops. So it's good to have somebody <laughs> on here with more knowledge than I do on this topic. Good. good. I'm glad I can help out. <laughs> That's good. So um, uh, first question for you, uh, do you think college basketball is the largest growing collegiate sport in America, or is it even uh, one of the largest growing sports period in America? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'd, I'd love to just... <laughs> say yes um but i don't know that that would be necessarily true you know college football is far and away um the biggest established one yeah um it you know with all the concussion protocols and everything going on football in general is just hemorrhaging a lot of fans um Mm -hmm. and so there you know there are fans to be had for sure and college basketball is getting some of those um, but interestingly, um, college lacrosse actually tops the list of um, the fastest-growing college sports. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's getting really big. And then uh, <laughs> the, the list right behind it is volleyball and rugby and fishing is actually up there. Wow. Uh, with some top-growing collegiate sports. Yeah, it's a um, really interesting dynamic. Um, you know, college basketball certainly has its place and um, – by the nature of what college basketball is, I think a lot of people just wait until this time of year to tune into it. Right. Um, you know, as, as college, as conference season's winding down, and then we're getting to conference tournaments and, and the NCAA tournament, that's when really uh, people start to dive in and figure out what's going on. Yeah, the Super Bowl is over, the NBA All-Star yeah. break is over, people are starting to pay attention. I think this is like yeah, the golden time. Quite here. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. So it's got its little niche here in March and April where uh, people will tune in. But, um, you know, I mean, it, truthfully, I'm, I, I wish people would, would get on it from, from November when it starts because they have all these tournaments around Thanksgiving when you're really starting to see teams establish their identity and, and who's going to make a statement earlier in the year. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, get on it early in the year, folks. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it, one of the things I guess that really kind of maybe didn't get me involved right away this year is because my uh, Hawkeyes, unfortunately, are, uh, as I mentioned to you, the seventh youngest team in all of college basketball. And yeah. uh, they have uh, shown that <laughs> this year as they're about hovering around 500. Uh, Peter Jock's the best player on the team, and he is, uh, he is not a... Uh, I don't know. He's a good player and and all that, but I just don't think he's uh, got the leader mentality to lead a team deep into like a March Madness tournament or something to that effect. You know, I I, yeah. I think maybe the Hawkeyes could get to the NIT, but just not much uh, much else for them this year anyway. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but their future looks bright, and that goes for my NBA teams. The the Timberwolves and the Lakers too, so the, both of those look oh, bright. Oh wow, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but uh, I hate to say it, but getting rid of Kobe was the best thing that could have happened to the Lakers. 
I agree. I think that's and, the NBA's dirty little secret. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And I actually was a huge Kobe fan as a player. I want to make that clear. Um, he was he was awesome. I mean, uh, five championships, obviously not yeah. six, but yep. like Michael, but he was sure. good. And I uh, really enjoyed watching him play. And uh, But, yeah, towards the last couple of years, I was like, yeah, he needs to go. And I think he was yep. starting to realize it, and that's why he decided to retire. But that 60-point game, the end of his career, that was just craziness. That I was mean, something. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody will say, well, he took this many shots. Oh, come on, just <laughs> just uh, let it Kobe be Kobe. You know it's Kobe. He's going to take exactly. shots. So. <laughs> exactly. Um. So what's your favorite part of college basketball? What uh, what what do you love uh, the most about it? Sure. I, I think what has always drawn me in um, has been um, that college basketball, unlike, unlike a lot of professional sports, but very similar to other college sports, is so much uh, more about the name on the front of the jersey than the name on the back of the jersey. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I know there's all the conversations right now, and, and Jay Billis is kind of carrying this conversation about, um, you know, being able to profit, to pay college athletes. And, and so that, that kind of is leading to the name on the back of the jersey starting to matter a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, but, there, you know, it's so much more of a team dynamic. Um, I, I love that in college basketball, unlike college football, really anyone can beat anyone on a given night because it's just five guys out there. And if, one of them heats up, you know, who knows what can happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, I love coming into any game, you know, a team at the bottom of a conference can, can knock off anybody. And uh, so that's a lot of fun. But then ultimately uh, the pressure cooker of the NCAA tournament is uh, for my money, the greatest three weeks in sports every year. Yes. Um, so I, I think that just is what sells me on college basketball above everything else. Yeah, and the thing too is, uh, it yeah, there is nothing like March Madness. Like, uh, I mean, they have other tournaments in college basketball too, like the uh, NAIA and the NIT and all those other tournaments, uh, like you have down there in the NAIA. And I actually went to that last year, and that's a lot of fun too. But uh, nothing is like March Madness. It just captivates everybody every year. Uh, by uh, filling out these brackets and uh, cheering for your team, cheering for your uh, side <laughs> of your bracket you, you want to win, and then uh, comparing your bracket. Oh, well, I got a better bracket than you still. Oh, no, mine's yeah, better absolutely. than yours. Absolutely. You know, so and you get to the point where when there's a, an underdog that's winning, even if it's going to mess up your bracket, you just want to see the, the yeah. upset happen. So Yeah, and that's um, one of the challenging well, yeah. things, too, there is if an underdog is winning but you pick the one seat it's like eh, kind of 50 50 on this <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, exactly but yeah college basketball it's uh the march madness tournament is uh not like none other that is that is for sure and i thought it was cool to finally see a team that normally doesn't win last year in uh, villanova their first championship since 1985 i think something like that so yep, yep that's right so that was uh that was good i'm Sick of all the Duke and Kentucky and all these other big schools winning it all all the time. I know UNC wins it not quite as much as people think. I mean, they're a big basketball school. They're usually right there, but they don't have as many championships as people might think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Carolina kind of leads the way in um, Final Fours made, but um, they 
have certainly um, lost some heartbreakers like the Villanova game last mm-hmm. year and so um, have five uh, official NCAA tournament wins, and we count six championships. So, <laughs> Oh, you do? Okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, so Duke has five with uh, Shusef, uh, the Mike Shusevsky. Uh, Shusevsky, yeah, that, that is one yep. name I can never pronounce. Uh, Coach K, <laughs> there we go. Um, I think he has five, and then uh, I don't know how many Duke has as a program completely, but I think they have five, and then you guys have six. And yep. um, Kentucky, I think, is the school that doesn't have as many as I thought. They only have like three or something? No, Kentucky um, has quite a few. I think they are um, eight total. Um, okay. Well, which trails, I believe, only UCLA in in the number of all time. I'm, I really don't know which college I'm thinking of then. That is not as um, like they're always there, but they always they're always in the conversation, but they never win it as often as you might think. Yeah. Is it yeah. perhaps? Oh yeah, there's the team, uh, Louisville. They've only won it three yeah. times. Yep. And you would think uh with uh, uh Rick Patino, um you would uh, you'd get more more wins. They've been to the final four a ton with him. Uh not with him, but they've been two thousand five, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. He's been the coach since he's been sixteen years. So he wouldn't have been there in nineteen eighty six. But yeah, from oh five right. to oh eight, oh nine, twelve, thirteen and fifteen, they've always been in the elite eight in those years. So you think they're always there, but they don't always win. It. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then in uh, 13 was when they put it all together and won recently with yep. uh, that team had Russ Smith and, and Peyton Siva and some other nice pieces on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually have heard uh, Rick Patino speak um, back when I was in high school at the national FFA convention down in Louisville. And that was fun to hear him speak. And that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the team I was thinking of. I did I didn't want to appear like I had no idea what I was talking about there, but <laughs> so I had to look it up just to see what team it was, and it was Louisville. Right. So, well, this is why we're giving you your college basketball education. Today. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, what is your connection to uh, UNC? Well, interestingly, um, it's really just fandom. Um, I I grew up in Atlanta, so, um, you know, loving the Braves. I, I was a kid of the 90s, so that whole run of postseason for the Braves and Falcons and Hawks and, and Georgia Tech, which Georgia Tech football is still my number one. But um, I had a rec league basketball coach in elementary school who was this huge UNC fan, and he just got me hooked. And... So I've been mm. a diehard Carolina fan ever since and had a whole Vince Carter replica Carolina outfit. And, man, just have been following them uh, my whole life since then. All right, cool. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> so you are a, a Braves fan. So uh, I am a Twins fan. So uh, you probably no. fondly remember the 1991. 1991. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, that was painful. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Uh, I was not born at the time, um, <laughs> but I was. Uh, I uh, I have uh, not actually witnessed um, my favorite te- my favorite Minnesota teams winning a championship yet. So I'm hoping that someday soon that one of them uh, will win a championship. Yeah. Um, 
the Lakers I kind of took on um, kind of as a uh, as a team that was kind of winning at the time. I think Kobe was kind of their last time they were in the finals is when I kind of became a fan and they won the championship. So since then, I have not had a championship as a as a, a professional sports fan. So and uh, my college t- teams don't win either. So my Hawkeyes no. don't win a championship either. They got the Orange Bowl a couple of years ago, but or since yeah, 2009. They've, they've but, had some nice college football teams the past couple of years for sure. Yeah, but they always choke in the end, unfortunately. Yes. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> yes, it is. So we are going to stop talking about my pain and agony, and when we come back, we will talk about uh, the last <laughs> time uh, Duke and North Carolina met, and we will do that right after this commercial break. Do you like shopping on Amazon? Well, now you can do it by helping the show at the same time. Go to the website youdon'tknowjackshow.com and click on any of the Amazon links, and then you can bookmark it. And every time you shop on Amazon, click the bookmark. It's the easiest way to support us without any extra cost to you. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the You Don't Know Jack show. Again, joined by Isaac Shade of the Armchair All-Americans. He's uh, got his own uh, hoops blog, Tar Heel Hoops blog, uh, um, at Tar Heel Hoop Blog on Twitter and Isaac Shade on Twitter, um, S C H A D E, and Shady Sports at Sports Musings on Twitter. So uh, again, uh, all those accounts we I know all about uh, the Twitter accounts. We've got plenty of them. We got one for the show, one for me, one for my new show that's coming out soon. And uh, we've we're uh, we're all full of Twitter here on uh, here on the show today. So. Uh, Talking a little bit about uh, the UNC and Duke rivalry, uh, obviously you've been uh, part of a lot of those rivalries, Isaac, as mm-hmm. a fan. Um, what yeah. uh, Before we uh, talk about the latest one, what was your favorite uh, memory of all time between these two teams? Man, that's a great question. Um, probably one that sticks out in my brain the most was um, – uh, Tyler Hansborough's senior year in the 08-09 season, um, Gerald Henderson came down late in the game and basically, you know, depending on whether you're a Duke or UNC fan, either accidentally or <laughs> ravagely attacked Tyler's nose mm-hmm. um, and broke it. This was just right before um, the tournament time. And so there's, I'm sure you've <laughs> probably seen it on commercials. You know, there's the two main bloody images are Eric Montross standing at the foul line and then there's Hansborough standing on the baseline bleeding and uh it was interesting because Gerald Henderson um who broke his nose was um a high school buddy of Wayne Ellington who played for Carolina that year and so there's been some really interesting um back and forth there um but Carolina ended up winning that game and then went on to win the national championship that year so some some great memories uh when i think back to that bloody face (laughs) (laughs) so so did uh unc actually win that game they did yes all right so that makes it even more memorable even even with the blood (laughs) and all (laughs) yes yes indeed 
So there's certainly been some painful ones in recent years, though. We had a game one in Chapel Hill, and then Austin Rivers hit a three oh, to win it. Yeah. And then um, last year in Chapel Hill, uh, the Tar Heels had that game one and just melted um, down the stretch. And, and Duke, very much to their credit, um, hang, hung tough and, and ended up pulling the game out. So it's probably a good thing I don't have my my other one of my cousins on because he is a huge <laughs> Duke fan, and yeah. uh, he uh, I don't know if he'd be agreeing with uh, your greatest of all time game. <laughs> probably no, not. No, <laughs> he probably wouldn't. Well, and and in truth, I have incredible respect for the Duke program and Coach Shevsky and everything they do. I mean, it's they run it well. They're above board, and uh, really, you know, you. You have the rivalry, but, you know, um, there's intense respect there. And certainly when you see the players and they all know each other and play together, and uh, I think that it, it just makes a lot of fun. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, you know, it seems to me like this year from just looking at it from uh, kind of an outsider's perspective, I guess, <laughs> seems like this year is watered down a little bit. Um, in college basketball. I mean, there's not necessarily as many dominant teams or yeah. uh, really good teams. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a great observation, Carson. Um, one of the interesting pieces is that, um, you're right. There is no one dominant team coming into this year. In fact, everybody thought Duke was going to be far and away, um, the best team. And it was one of those, well, they go undefeated kind of things, but, Unfortunately for Duke, they've had some some injuries this year to some of their um, the freshmen they expected to lean on, and you know there there have been the issues with with Grayson Allen and, trip, trip, and some trip. other things. Yes, um, <laughs> and so um, you know Kentucky is always strong, but they're they're just young, and so yeah, you're right. There have been uh, there's not just this one dominant team. The thing is, is that there's a lot of really good teams. Um, but a lot of those teams are young, and when you're relying on these freshmen, um, you're going to have some some trip-ups and stuff, and so uh, that's causing a lot of that. There have been a lot of injuries to major players this year. Oregon was expected um, to be a top team early in the season, but their best player, Dylan Brooks, uh, was hurt for a while, um, and so he's back now, and, and Oregon's really playing well. In fact, they had a big comeback last night uh, against Cal to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you actually look at the top 10 preseason teams this year, um, a lot of those struggled out of the gate but are now rounding into form, and a lot of that top 10 um, is actually in place. All right. So um, when compared to last year, um, last year a lot of we had a lot of these great teams, but there were um, a lot of seniors that were leading the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, your, your finalists for the Wooden Award were – um, Buddy Heald, who was a senior at Oklahoma, they had a great team. Loved watching um, Denzel him. Valentine at uh, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon at Virginia. Um, these guys were all seniors and were all three of the four finalists for the Wooden Award. And, and truthfully, the winners of the Wooden Award the last three years have been seniors. Doug McDermott, um, Frank Kaminsky, and then Buddy Heald. And so this year you're seeing a lot of the better players are the young guys. And so that's going to create a lot of that inconsistency. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and even with uh, all these young teams, uh, there are still some uh, interesting teams. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Lonzo Ball here in a little bit. Uh, your thoughts yeah. on him, uh, of course, uh, um, his big 92-point game and all that stuff. It's like craziness. But anyways, 
uh, whatever it was. Anyway, 72. I don't even know what it was anymore. Yeah, but. no, it was 92, but it was actually um, his little brother that scored 92. Lonzo Ball's school. brother. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that was yeah, yeah, Mellow? Yeah. Is it Mellow Ball? LaMelo. LaMelo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so yeah, the Ball family... Might as well go yeah, with it now. It, <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> yes, might as well get into it. So the the Ball family, there are three brothers. Um, Lonzo, who most people will already know of, is a freshman at UCLA this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in. He was, you know, for people that aren't paying attention to college basketball recruiting, they might not have heard of him, but he was actually the fourth overall um, incoming freshman on ESPN's rankings behind only um, Harry Giles and Jason Tatum from Duke and Josh Jackson at Kansas. And so, I mean, he's the six-six point guard that can just see the floor real well. Um, he's leading the nation um, with 7.6 assists a game. Um, and so he just has this great court vision. Um, his jump shot is not the prettiest thing <laughs> in the world, but it goes in. You know, he's just a guy that makes plays. And so, yeah. of course, his dad has made some interesting news lately by – coming out and saying that he's better than Steph Curry, yes. which uh, that's not the best and wisest move you could make, but, you know, to each his own, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway, then there's um, his middle brother, LaMelo, is a senior this year. Um, and I'm sorry, LiAngelo is the middle brother who's a senior this year. He's a forward. And then LaMelo is the youngest brother, and that's the one that scored 92. Mm-hmm. But then they've also got this cousin, Andre, um, who was a junior this year. And so they all played at the same high school, Chino Hills, out in California. Um, and as you would well imagine, they're pretty good high school college basketball team. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah. And so you're actually going to see a ball coming out each, you know, uh, Lonzo's a freshman this year. And then next year, LiAngelo. And then the year after that, Andre, the cousin. And then the year after that, LaMelo. So um, pe- people are saying right now, and obviously he's got a lot of years to develop, but Lamelo, the sophomore, they're saying might be the best one. He's the one that scored the 92. So we'll see. So there's going to be a plethora of that family in the NBA. I was going to, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah the, and the two brothers have also committed to UCLA, so they're going to get all that talent. So we'll yeah. see what happens with it. We'll see if they can... Uh... See if they can make a run, maybe get back to the old UCLA days, back with uh, uh, the uh, coach uh, Wooten, um, John John Wooten, is that right? Uh, yep, that's correct, yeah. He was, he's one of the greatest of all-time coaches in, uh, in college basketball, so uh, it'd be interesting to see um, what UCLA can do to try and get back into that uh, Big area. They are uh, right now fifth in the nation, according to uh, the AP poll, uh, top 25, um, UCLA is. And uh, North Carolina, your Tar Heels, uh, got a big win last night. Isaac, uh, with a, uh, now they're 24-5 and five overall after their win last night um, over uh, Louisville, uh, the team that yes. we were just talking about, 74-63 uh, yes. to 63 the final. How huge of a win was that for you guys? Man, uh, it was a really big win. The ACC is just a murderer's row this year. Um, and so whoever comes out on top of the ACC will have certainly earned it. And um, so going into the night, uh, North Carolina was in first, but just one game ahead of both Duke and Louisville. And so right before the Carolina-Louisville game, Duke lost on a buzzer beater to Syracuse. And then mm. Carolina beat Louisville, so that creates a, a nice two-game cushion. 
for Carolina in the ACC standings with uh, just three games to go. And so um, you like your chances there, certainly. there's It's a tough schedule down the stretch. they got to go to Pittsburgh on Saturday, to Virginia on Monday, and then uh, Duke next Saturday to close out the regular season. So certainly tough sledding, but uh, it's it's within their within their grasp, and they control their destiny. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, how shocking was that loss for Duke, uh, losing to Syracuse? Oh. Yeah, it, it actually was very shocking. You know, they had, they had struggled some through the ACC season. Um, Coach Krzyzewski had had back surgery, and so um, they, they had played some good games in that stretch. They had a big comeback win at Wake Forest um, that, that really set them on a trajectory. I believe they were riding a seven-game winning streak going into last night, and so they had – kind of resurrected themselves and some of these freshmen that had been hurt are really rounding into form. Jason Tatum is playing really well for them. Um, and so uh, Syracuse um, winning that game was huge and helps, you know, Syracuse is really trying to fight their way into the NCAA tournament. Still, I think they'll make it safely. They've, they've won nine ACC games now. And so the worst they can finish is 500 in the league, which in the ACC will certainly get you into the tournament. Um, so it's a big win for Syracuse and it's a, um, really hurts Duke's chances to get um, the ACC championship for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Syracuse has not been in the top twenty-five uh, recently, but uh, yeah, you said uh, there's sixty-four teams in the uh, in the uh, Mat- March Madness uh, tournament, so they could very well sneak in there. Yeah, it looked like the freshman yeah. Tatum last night had four turnovers. That could have been uh, costly in that loss to Syracuse last night for Duke. Very much so, and that's that's that freshman inexperience we're talking about. When you go yeah. on the road, um, you got to take care of the ball. Um, and Syracuse is famous for running um, a two-three zone, and it's very disruptive. And so if you're if you're not ready for it, and when you're in a hostile environment, it'll get you. Yep, and uh, we will uh, talk about the uh, latest uh, Duke UNC game, and he'll also uh, Isaac will also talk a little bit about what. He's expecting from the next uh, time Duke and UNC meet here later towards the end of the season, as you mentioned. So we'll do that after we take another break. You're listening to the You Don't Know Jack Show back after this. Hey, listeners, don't forget to find You Don't Know Jack Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash You Don't Know Jack Show. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Don't Know Jack Show. And Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash You Don't Know Jack Show. You can also follow Carson on Twitter at Radio Ruben. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the You Don't Know Jack Show. Uh, Joined again by Isaac Shade. And Isaac uh, just mentioned to me that there are 68 teams. Um, for me personally, Isaac, I am so I am so uh, curious as to why the uh, NCAA thought they had to add more teams, as if we didn't have enough teams in the <laughs> tournament already. And I mean, it's good to have a lot of teams. And uh, I think the college football playoff definitely needs to be expanded. But uh, to Agreed. 60 <laughs> to 64 teams uh, in the in the uh, NCAA March Madness tournament I thought was enough already, but to go to 68 is a little extreme, I guess, in my opinion. I don't know Agreed. what you think. Yep. Well, there's one word, one reason, money. Yeah. Um, they, they want the extra games, the extra revenue, and I get that. You know, I mean, you, 
um, when you have such a thriving thing like the NCAA tournament, you want to see how you can squeeze every possible dollar out of it. But, um, you know, it is what it is, I guess. And there was talk for a while about expanding it even further um, to maybe 96 or 128. Oh, which is just I mean, it's just ridiculous and i think i think they've got something with the 64 it's obviously um expanded over time um and you know it, it used to be fewer but I, I think the 64 is a good number it gives you three weekends worth of it and and gets a good number of teams between you know your at-large teams and then your conference champions so i, I think mm-hmm. it's a good format I, I personally would love to see it go back to just 64 um but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eh, we're not the ones making the money. <laughs> off exactly. of it. So, um, guess uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the last time Duke and UNC won? Obviously, is a big win for Duke, um, and mm-hmm. uh, that was at Chapel Hill. Is that right? No, that one was actually in in uh, Durham at okay. Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, uh, Duke- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Duke won that game by eight. Um, you know, it was actually a much closer game. It was one of those where Carolina started fouling down the stretch, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Duke, you know, definitely hit their free throws, and then Carolina couldn't come down and do anything. So uh, it's one of those where the final score doesn't really show what a great game it was. Um, it was a – Carolina has struggled quite a bit with injury this year. Um, never many people at one time – I actually wrote an article recently about this for Armchair All-Americans. Um, but – um, in that particular game, it was looking like they were going to finally be at full strength for just the third time all season. Um, but mm-hmm. the day before, um, one of our starting front court guys, Isaiah Hicks, um, tweaked his hamstring, and so he had to miss that game. Um, and against Duke, Duke's a team, for those who aren't familiar, that really wants to drive um, and then kick out for three-point shots, whereas Carolina's a team um, that really wants to beat you inside. Um you know they're they're leading the nation in rebounding in many categories like uh, rebounds per game, total rebounds, rebounding margin, offensive mm-hmm. rebounds per game, um, and so when that's your big advantage, losing one of your front court guys really hurts. Yeah. Um, and so, um, despite that, they still did a good job. We're really into the game. Um, I will say Grayson Allen is finally starting to look like the Grayson Allen everyone expected to see this year, mm-hmm. and he was just on fire that game. I um, He had 25 points, just went nuts. Um, we did a great job on Jason Tatum in the first half. Um, in fact, I don't believe he scored in the first half, but then came back in the second half and, and really uh, kind of led the way there for Duke. And so um, they they did a great job, and uh, Carolina just couldn't win on the road, and so um, that was a big turning point in the season for Duke, for sure. Yeah. Uh, statistics from last night's Duke game uh, to kind of give you an idea of why they lost. Those four turnovers by Tatum, as I mentioned, and uh, Grayson Allen, only 2 of 11 last night, so uh, that was uh, probably another part of the reason why Duke lost last night. But, yeah, if he goes yeah. off... He is dangerous, and Duke is dangerous, and uh, they could go a long ways if he uh, if he can lead them through the NCAA tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a big part of Duke's problem last night was um, both Allen and Luke Kennard, who's been their most consistent and best player this year, um, had foul, a lot of foul trouble. They both finished with four fouls, and so when your two best players are on the bench, yeah. um, quite a bit, it's it's tough to win for sure. Yeah, and a guy off the bench, uh, Jackson too. Frank Jackson, yep. Yeah, he had four fouls also, so that was that yeah. was uh, 
probably another big part of the reason why Duke lost. But. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's been a, a great contributor because he's, um, he's also a freshman, but has been one that's been healthy most of the season. And so he's been able to step into some of those uh, roles for them. Absolutely. Um, so uh, what are, do you think that um, UNC can uh, correct some of these things that they weren't able to do in the first Duke game and actually uh, pull out the win and uh, uh, get a, a good uh, season-ending win against Duke? Yeah, uh, I mean, I would certainly hope so. Um, you know, playing at home is always a big advantage. Mm -hmm. um, si since that game, Carolina has lost um, the player that many consider to be their best perimeter defender. It's Kenny Williams, who had been starting mm -hmm. most of the season. And um, thankfully, though, they do have Theo Pinson back, who's starting at the two, um, who everyone had expected to be the starter coming into the season, but but broke a bone in his foot in the off season. And so I think um, historically, um, in the Roy Williams era, um, Carolina has fared much better in the second meeting of the regular season. And so uh, I think Roy and the coaching staff are doing a good job of figuring out, you know, what they've what they've done wrong, um, and and correcting it. So a big uh, hurdle in that first game was Carolina has, as I was referencing a second ago, has done a great job rebounding this season. Um, but there have been a couple games when they've either uh, been tied or out-rebounded. I believe there's three total of those games this year, um, and they've lost all three of them, and one of them was that Duke game. So uh, they got to get on the boards. Um, uh, another factor will be Emil Jefferson, I believe, is probably the, the biggest factor for Duke. He's their um, starting center and is really disruptive inside. And so Carolina, who thrives on their offensive post game, had a lot of trouble with entry passes and, and getting in. And a lot of that was attributed to Jefferson. So got to find a way to get the ball inside. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of hoping they can win the next couple games at Pittsburgh and Virginia and go ahead and wrap up the regular season championship so a little pressure off the Duke game but um, it seems like it always comes down to that game and one of them <laughs> vying for a regular season championship and yes. truth yeah. be told I wouldn't be surprised if this year was any different yeah kind of like the uh, Vikings and Packers uh, a lot of times late in the season yes. uh, where yes. they uh, meet up and uh, it's a big game usually uh, so uh, or any other rivalry game when you meet up at the end of the season. It usually means quite a bit whether there's something on the line or not. But obviously, if it's a rivalry game like Duke and NC, there's going to be a lot on the line. Yes, very much so. So, um, quickly, uh, some, ta uh, some teams that uh, you think uh, could make or miss the tournament i uh if you can come up with two teams of each uh that'd be yeah that'd be good that's in fact that's exactly what i have for it. i got right, two perfect. teams of each um the uh, we'll actually spend quite a bit of time in in your big 10 conference which is uh, will be good for you yeah uh, the first one I, I love this i'm a big fan of history and when neat things happen so uh northwestern is the only major conference team that has never made the ncaa tournament oh, and wow. this year this is the year that Northwestern is finally going to get over the hump and uh, and and make the tournament. So um, right now, Joe Lenardi, you know, I think everybody's favorite bracketologist has them in. Okay. Um, they've they've won both games against Wisconsin this year, and uh, they look to be in good position for that. Um, and so they, you know, just got to hold steady down the stretch. But they're sitting at nine and six in the Big Ten right now, twenty and eight overall. A lot of times you look at that. 20 win is kind of the magic number that you're looking for to get in. Mm -hmm. And so 
they're sitting at fifth um, in the Big Ten. And so, uh, honestly, unless they just tank and then maybe don't win a Big Ten um, tournament game, uh, I think they're good to go. So that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. yeah, it's great. And so um, the other team I think is going to make it, which um, is a huge surprise to people, is Georgia Tech. Um, this this for me is hands down one of the stories of the year. Um, right now, Joe Lenardi has them as a 12 seed, so certainly not comfortably in. Mm-hmm. Um, but every ACC preseason poll you look at, Georgia Tech was 14th or 15th, so right in the in the cellar. And uh, you know, a lot of people were saying, "Listen, Josh Pastner is a great coach." Um, Josh Pastner had followed up um, Coach Cal at Memphis, and then has moved over to Georgia Tech. Um, so he's a great coach, but they just don't have the players yet. You know, I mean, if you don't have the talent, it, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but no big deal. All they've done in, in conference play is beat North Carolina, Florida State, <laughs> and Notre Dame and Syracuse, um, yeah. just knocking people off, man. And um, so, you know, the deal is they're sitting seven and eight in the ACC. They've got three games left um, at Notre Dame, home against Pitt, and at Syracuse. Um, I really think they need to win two of those, get to that at least 500 mark in the ACC, and then maybe win an ACC tournament game just to feel safely in. Um, and, you know, that ACC tournament's going to be cutthroat. It's in the Barkley Center, and uh, everybody's going to be trying to get that one extra win to get in. So I think Georgia Tech can do it. They've just got to gotta keep plugging along. Yeah. Uh, so what are some teams you think uh, will miss the tournament? Yeah, well, interestingly, both of these are coming from your Big Ten conference. Um, <laughs> Michigan State, this is uh, yeah, a program um, I have a, a lot of respect for. Um, Tom Izzo is one of the great, great coaches in college basketball. A lot of respect for what they do. They run a great program, um, but they're, they're just struggling. Um, they lost one of their better players, Aaron Harris, last week um, to a pretty gruesome leg injury. Um, uh, Miles Bridges is, is their crazy talented freshman. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of his. I think he's a little bit of a whiner, um, you know, um, but they're, they are sitting, um, uh, eight and six in the big 10 right now. Um, so actually just below Northwestern. So they're still on the edge, but with this injury to Aaron Harris, I, I just don't know if they can do it. Um, two of their last three are at home, but, um, they're against Wisconsin and Maryland, who are right up near the, you know, they're two of the top three teams in the Big Ten. And yeah. uh, you know, if they could pull one of those wins out, that would be a huge win for them. Um, right now, I believe Lunardi has them in the bracket, but um, they're going to have to win a few more games. They're they're not safe. And then the other team that's going to miss the tournament, which is just one of the biggest free falls all season, is Indiana. Mm. Um, goodness gracious. they They started out this season with, Final four aspirations, um, you know, actually North Carolina played them last year in the tournament, um, was was uh, able to beat them. But um, then this year, Indiana and North Carolina played in the Big Ten ACC Challenge in Assembly Hall there in Bloomington, and Indiana just played lights out. Um, of course, uh, at that game, they honored their um, most recent national championship team, which course had beaten North Carolina in the championship game (laughs) and uh, they had Kyle Schwarber in the house who um, was just coming off the World Series win with the Cubs Mm -hmm. and so you know the environment had a lot to do with that but man they looked good they got a lot of nice pieces um, but they've had some injuries um, very notably OG and Anobi um, and so right now they're just on a bad skid they've lost five in a row they've lost seven of eight 
Um, yeah, so they they've only got three. Yeah, they did. That's right. It was on a last-second shot, wasn't it? Uh, no, actually, uh, night, uh, well, they tied it. Iowa tied it to go to overtime, or Indiana did, vice, or vice versa. And then gotcha. Iowa won 96-90 to 90 in overtime. So. Gotcha. So overtime, they pulled it out pretty well, yeah. But Indiana's only got three games left. They're sitting at 5-10 and 10 in the Big Ten, so the best they can do is 8-10. Eight, eight and 10. Mm-hmm. And one of those games left is um, is at Purdue, who's leading the conference. So um, I, I think Indiana's done, so yeah. that which is, is crazy to think about from uh, where we thought they would be at the beginning of the season. So i got a question for you. Um, what um, you know, Iowa's got three games left, too. They've got at Maryland and um, at Wisconsin and versus Penn State. If 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 Iowa somehow by a miracle, I'm talking like an absolute um, meltdown from these other teams. Yeah. If they win out, they get to ten conference wins in the Big Ten, which is down this year. Do you think they get they get an app, uh, a bid possibly into the tournament? Sure, that's a great question. Well, first thing they got to hold serve at home against Penn State like that's a unquestionable you have to win that game mm-hmm. um, I know that that's the ending to the season um, I think yeah if they can go to Maryland and go to Wisconsin and knock them both off man that does a lot for your resume um, for sure you know if they won one of those games it, it might help them get in the conversation but if they can win out these last three games and then win at least one maybe two games in the Big Ten tournament um, that would be very helpful because if if they win out, that would get them, um, like you're saying, up to 10 conference wins, be 10 and 8, um, 18 and 13 overall. And then if they could win um, one or two in the Big Ten tournament, that'd give them 19, 20 wins, and certainly put them in a in a good position for it. So um, they're in the conversation, uh, but I would say I was definitely, you know, they can't afford a loss down no, the stretch. For no, no, absolutely not. I agree. Uh, yeah, one of the teams uh, I agree with you there um, that will not make it. I, be- I believe Michigan State's not going to make it. Uh, looking at their schedule down the stretch, they play Nebraska, who has not been very good. But then they—that's uh, tonight—and then they play uh, Wisconsin, or maybe is it tonight? Twenty-third. Uh, yep, uh, tonight. And then uh, they play versus Wisconsin. That's no cakewalk. And then they play at Maryland too. So, so they've uh, and at Illinois, and Illinois has been uh, up and down all season too. Um, so yeah, they could definitely miss. I I think they will, and it'd be kind of nice to finally get Michigan State out of there because for me, <laughs> I'm not a big Michigan State person. Um, yeah, I uh, I was pretty happy when uh, Michigan State uh, lost the first round last year, even though I was shocked. Um, but yep. uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's a. Uh, how many uh, how many uh, upsets will there be in the top top three seeds this year? That'll be interesting to keep an eye on because last year it seemed sure. like there was a ton. Yeah, well, and that's the interesting thing about March Madness is it's all about the matchups, mm-hmm. and so um, you know it, it just depends on on you know if you get a team that's shooting lights out from three, and you know that's how uh, they call them giant killers can can pull it off a lot of times. Um, a number one seed has literally never lost to a 16, mm-hmm. 128 all time. So I, I don't, this is not the year, you know, yeah. and it's one of the things that it, no one will ever probably predict. Yeah, it's going to happen. 
but um, you know it, it is certainly getting closer. And so with with kind of the parity that we're seeing in college basketball this year, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, uh, you know another two or three seed go down. Um, mm-hmm. Historically, you usually have um, two 12 seeds that upset five seeds. So yeah, um, would be surprised to see that. Yeah, I. Uh... But, I could see um, a team like Gonzaga who kind of plays in, well, maybe it's not Gonzaga. Is it Gonzaga or Arizona that kind of plays in a weaker conference? It's Gonzaga, yeah, yeah. Gonzaga. So Arizona plays in the Pac-12, so they've got a lot of the, okay, they got a lot you know, of the tougher schedule. So they they should be in good situation. But, yeah, I I am worried about Gonzaga. You know, we've had some other teams that have been in similar situations. Um, several years ago, St. Joe's. Um, ran yep. through the regular season undefeated. Um, they had Jameer Nelson was on that team. Um, was a great team. Looked really good, but just similar to Gonzaga, played in a weak conference, and so hadn't really been battle tested. Yeah. Um, and so it, it bit them in the tournament. And so they have not um, played a ranked opponent all season, according to what I see here. Yeah. So it it'll it'll be interesting. We'll see. Um, you know, they've some of the teams they've played are now like Florida, for example. Um, they beat them earlier in the season, and and they're ranked now. Okay. Um, they beat Arizona, who wasn't ranked at the time, but is ranked now. And so um, they they do have some good non-conference wins, which which will certainly help. But uh, and and I will say a lot. Um, this is one of their better teams. You know, Mark Few and the Bulldogs have had some great runs historically. You know, they're one of the better. Um, programs outside of the major conferences, but they've never made a Final Four, and so it'll be curious to see if this is the team that can finally get over the hump and do it. Yeah. Uh, I thought they would last year. With they had some really nice pieces, um, but couldn't do it, and and so we'll see. So they got some big boys inside. Yeah. Uh, so what uh, uh, what teams do you think uh, could be really good next year and into the future, in your opinion? Uh, like some younger teams that you think really have a lot of potential sure that's a great question one of the one of the interesting interesting things about college basketball is with uh the one and done rules um it's really in a lot of ways hard to make some of those kind of predictions like mm-hmm. uh a, a lot of it is about the coaching um and, and more the program and um because you <laughs> to make those kind of judgments you have to look at like okay what teams have some really nice young pieces but mm-hmm. not so these young pieces aren't so good that they're going to go to the draft, right. you know, so they're just good enough to go. Um, I know in the ACC, Wake Forest um, has really some, some good young talent that can be looking good. Uh, um, Tennessee, I think, has some opportunity coming in the, um, in the SEC. Um, but really, um, when you look at it, you want to look at some of your, your younger coaches and the recruiting they're doing. So I really like I know Texas is having a down year, but, man, Shaka Smart is a really good coach. Um, they run a system that's hard to prepare for, and so that helps what they're doing a lot. I know we talked about um, Josh Passner at Georgia Tech. Um, they, You know, there's some good good stuff on the horizon there for them. But, you know, I mean, you've, you've got your perennial teams like Kentucky and Duke that are going to bring in one-and-dunners, mm-hmm. and I know they're already good, but – they're always going to be this young team that that can step up and make some things happen. So, right, right. Yeah. So, do you think um, do you think Tatum uh, goes to the NBA right after this year? You think? Oh, a- absolutely. Um, I think so. Tatum and 
uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Giles has is there came in as the number one player in the nation, um, has been hurt a lot of the year, and so hasn't shown his full potential. He's had a couple knee surgeries, um, and so you know um, hasn't really shown the player he is. But yeah, I think he and Tatum both are, are going to end up going. Um, when you look at draft boards, it is Lonzo Ball that a lot of people are saying is going to be the number one um, overall pick. Um, and so, um, actually, excuse me, um, uh, he, both he and Markel Fultz, who's at Washington, um, are kind of interchangeable. Um, but then, um, yeah, certainly I think Tatum will go. He's, he and Giles both should be, um, lottery picks within the top 10. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Lonzo Ball would probably be a good fit with uh, the 76ers who still desperately need a point guard. <laughs> yeah, you would think with all these top picks they've had in recent years, they'd get it figured <laughs> out. But they're, man, they've had some injury problems, and I think I think they'll get there. But, yeah, I mean, Lonzo Ball's got the, the NBA size. He's 6'6". He's got the court vision. Um, he can score, but he, he's also a pass-first kind of guy, and, and I think um, that could be really helpful for wherever he lands, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, just about going to wrap things up. Uh, any other predictions for you uh, from uh, just uh, just anything in general uh, relating to college basketball? Not necessarily the tournament because I've got you – know, we'll talk about a bold prediction for the tournament here in a minute. For sure. Um, well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be um, surprised to see some fireworks in the conference tournaments next week. Um, the the mid majors will start up early, and um, it's always interesting to see because a lot of these mid majors um, they only get one bid for conference, and so mm-hmm. um, man, it's it's cutthroat. And so we'll certainly see some number one seeds go down um, in those, and it'll be interesting to see what teams make some some runs in in the major conference tournaments as well. Um, and so yeah, that's that's what I'm really looking forward to in the next week or two here. So um, one prediction uh, from you, uh, one bold prediction uh, slash take about <laughs> March Madness or anything really uh, that you think uh, is is bold but uh, you think uh, has a good chance of happening. Yeah. Well, and I'll probably get crucified by some Dukies for saying this because I'm a <laughs> North Carolina guy, but – um, I my bold prediction is that Duke will not make it to the second will make it out of the second weekend of the tournament. Oh. They um, uh, one of Duke's problems this year is they don't have a true point guard, and mm. in the NCAA tournament you have to have a floor general to help you to help you go. Um, and in the NCAA tournament you play in these bigger arenas uh, where the the sight lines are tougher for shooters. And Duke's one of those teams where if they're making threes they can beat anybody in the country. But uh, if they're if they're not hitting, um, man, anybody could beat them. And so uh, certainly they they have all the talent in the world um, between Kennard and and Allen and and some nice senior leadership with guys like Matt Jones and Emil Jefferson. But um, and again, it'll depend on matchups. But I would not be surprised to see Duke go down. All right, yeah, definitely uh, will be interesting. Uh, my bold prediction: Villanova repeats. All right. Yeah. Listen, they've they've got uh, they're prohibitively the best team in the nation. Josh Hart is a senior there, um, looking like he'll probably be the player of the year for the for the nation. 
Um, man, they've got some nice pieces. It pains me to say it after North Carolina lost to them in the championship mm-hmm. game last year at the buzzer. But, man, they're right there. Wouldn't be surprised at all. All right. Well, again, I appreciate Isaac Shade for joining us here on the You Don't Know Jack show. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Isaac Shade, and he's got his Tar Heels Hoop blog and his uh, Shady Sports um, account. You can follow both of those on Twitter as well. Uh, Isaac, uh, appreciate you joining me. Uh, Definitely we'll have to have you on again sometime. Awesome. Thank you, Carson. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Again, Isaac uh, Shade of the Armchair All-Americans. You can check out his work on um, armchairallamericans.com. Um, and all of my work is on there as well at the armchairallamericans.com. Check out my latest article. Check out his articles. And uh, check out all the great articles on armchairallamericans.com. That's going to do it for the You Don't Know Jack show today. I'm Carson and the, the uh, two, uh, my two cousins, uh, Jonah and Aaron, that uh, help make Jack, J-A-C. We'll be back next week with more on the You Don't Know Jack show. Thanks for listening to the You Don't Know Jack Show with Jonah, Aaron, and Carson. If you want to read articles, get more information, or have questions about the show, go to our website, youdon'tknowjackshow.com. You can subscribe and listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. I'm here so I won't get fined.